everyone. Welcome to the All Inclusive Podcast, where each week I chat with industry experts and diversity, equity and inclusion executives from the world's leading global brands who share their knowledge, experience and actual takeaways to help inclusive employers create cultures of belonging where everyone can thrive. Today, I have the great pleasure of being joined by Silka Munster, Chief Diversity Officer at Philip Morris International. Hi, Silka. Hi, Natasha. Thanks a lot for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here today with you today. Oh, no, the pleasure is all mine. So um, I think why don't we kick things off by telling our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your journey? Yes, usually when I introduce myself, I use the words that I'm a German mathematician. Mm-hmm. And I guess in most people's mind, that creates a stereotype. And as DNI officers, we don't like stereotypes. But some of these stereotypes which come to your mind are too. I'm very straightforward, very direct, and, uh, and a very pragmatic person. So uh, th- that's my background. Before I came into the field of DEI, I worked mostly in market research, uh, marketing, and strategic planning functions. So in a, in a very different field. Uh, for other companies and other multinationals. So before joining PMI, I was with Coca-Cola. And um, I'm now for two years, I'm Chief Diversity Officer at at PMI. Um, And uh, of course, this topic has always been close to my heart. So, you know, studying mathematics and, you know, having leadership roles in the last 30 years means you are used to a very male dominated environment. At the same time, I, you know, the fact that I had a career and I have also three sons, and by the way, meanwhile, two grandchildren, um, means also that I have been a role model for many females. And and I realized this, this early on because many young females struggling with this question, like how can I have a career and, and be a mother, have a family at the, at the same time and honestly this hasn't changed in the in the last 30 years i it's it's still a question which is on on women's mind and it's still not an an easy task and therefore i used to be a mentor for many younger females uh, female colleagues uh, in the companies i've worked for and and i really uh, enjoyed this and and therefore, when I was offered this role as a chief diversity officer two years ago, I didn't hesitate to take it because I really think that's an area where we can make a lot of progress when, when you put the right focus on, on this topic. And we need to make a lot of progress, as, as, as we all know. And, uh, but I have to say, I had to learn a lot. So um, it's diversity, equity, and inclusion is a little bit like marketing, which I used to work in before, because it's a it's a kind of a mixture between art and science, and everybody has an opinion. So I'm pretty sure uh, also when you see advertising, people have an opinion and think they could do better or a packaging design, and and you think like I, I would have done it differently, and they voice their opinion, and the same is true for diversity, equity, and inclusion. People have an opinion um, and, and they voice it, but they don't always have all the facts and all the knowledge um, you need in order to make meaningful progress in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think it's so interesting that you, um, you're you a mathematician 
um, you did a work in, in market research and and that's kind of taking you into a path uh, of where you are today. Um, and so, but why for you are you doing diversity, equity, inclusion? Honestly, I'm, I know everybody has a set of values which are important to them. And one of my main values is definitely fairness. And, and I think this uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is really a position where you can drive fairness for all different group of employees, whether it's gender, race, ethnicity, different abilities, or socioeconomic background. Um, and, and this is really important for me. But the other thing which I always believe in and still do today is that I feel when people enjoy what they are doing and they are energized by what they are doing, they are so much more productive and they are so much more innovative. So I really, me and my team, we really want to create this atmosphere with psychological safety where people feel they belong and they can strive and, and they come to work and they love to come to work uh, every day. Um, and I think that's also a purpose of, of DEI, uh, that you are able to create a culture where people can actually bring their true selves to work um, and, and enjoy what they are doing because they are not fearing that they can't speak up and, and talk about things which they feel are going wrong. Fairness is, is, is so important and it's, it's a, a key, um, key way of, I think, is, is getting people to, to feel as though that they belong because if they, can, if they don't feel like they're either above or below and everyone's on, on a, a level playing field, um, then it, it makes that, that feeling a little bit easier um so for PMI you become the first equal salary globally certified company um and this year you were again named in the Bloomberg gender equality index for the progress you've made in gender equality um and it's a great achievement but why is gender equality so important I think the question is is more like why is is uh, is diversity so important? Diversity and inclusion so important because women are not a minority. I always insist is like you know there are more. We know that more than fifty percent of 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 uh, all students at universities who who pass their exam are, are women. So women are not a minority, but they are still an underrepresented group when it comes to leadership positions. But in general, I think for us at PMI. Uh, Diversity, equity, and inclusion is not only the right thing to do, uh, but it's actually business critical. Um, we have gone through a major transformation as a company in the in the last ten years, um, and and we are uh, on our way to achieve our vision of a smoke-free future. And in order to achieve this, there are important pillars, and and one is definitely innovation, and the other one is consumer centricity. So to start with diversity, uh, in order to be truly consumer centric, you need a representation of all those different consumers out there in the world. And that is females for sure, uh, but it, it's true for all other uh, underrepresented groups because they are all our consumers. So we truly need a diverse environment. And, and then in order to 
to have this bring this diversity to life and to leverage on this diversity, you need an inclusive culture um, where people feel they are welcome, where people feel they can speak up um, and 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 feel psychologically safe. And, and I think that is super important to make this diversity also sustainable because we can bring underrepresented uh, uh, employees from underrepresented groups on board, um, including females, but in order to keep them in the company and, and make them successful in the company, we definitely need an, an inclusive environment. And, and I think uh, there, a lot of activities you do for, women for gender equality, other underrepresented groups will also benefit uh, uh, from them. And I think that's why gender equality is always very high and, and on top of our, our priority lists. What would you say is one of the key steps in, in achieving and in reaching that goal? Yeah, I think many steps and continuous work. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. there's never a silver bullet. I think that's the secret also for the whole work of DEI, that there is no, that there are no silver bullets out there. And and honestly, things which might have worked in one company might not work in the other. Um, and and also it might change over time what is what is actually successful. But I think you mentioned equal salary certification. Um, that is definitely one of the the was one of the pillars is like, you know, that's what the company said. And it was actually done before my time, uh, the first uh, uh, global certification. Um, and it's the base that you make sure you are fair and you are paying men and women equally for equal work. Um, so that, that was one of the base. The second one is that we had targets like many other companies as well. So we have uh, ambitious targets for female representation. And um, I think what is probably slightly different at PMI is that we made them personal targets. So we said this function is currently at X percent. So we think within one year they can achieve X plus one percent female representation. And these targets were individual for individual leaders and they are part of their objectives. Um, and, and that clearly helped to uh, get a movement and a drive in, uh, within the whole of PMI uh, to achieve this, uh, this female representation uh, at all different levels. Um, and, and we had a target of achieving 40% female representation in management roles, and we will achieve this target this year. So I think that is actually a, a very good news. At the same time, I think why also DEI is so important for companies is because you wanna have access to the broadest talent pool. Mm -hmm. And women, as, as I said before, you know, make a big part of, of talent pools, but therefore you also need to let uh, uh, potential employees know what you are doing. And that's why Bloomberg, the, the equality index is so important because it tells people who are looking for, for future uh, employers um, that what we are doing actually as a company. And it helps uh, to make clear that we are uh, as a company um, having very specific effort when it comes to, to DEI and to uh, gender equality specifically. 
and and this kind of advertising is is necessary to let uh, uh, talents know what we are doing yeah i think it's so important for companies to be and for organizations to be more transparent about the work that they're doing because it, it can only benefit yeah. the organization one of which because it gives people a, a chance to see what are the great things that you're doing but also actually for yourself and for the organization itself it can actually have a look and see well actually where are we where do we sit yeah. Um, yeah. what more work do we have to do um yeah. What would you say has been uh, the biggest challenge for yourself? Uh, the biggest challenge for myself is uh, that that's a good question. Um, I, I think one of the of the challenges, as I, as I said in the beginning, because I'm not originally a professional, I'm not even an HR person. So it's like you know, I'm I'm totally new to the field. So there was a lot to learn, and I still get things wrong. It's like you know, it's it's. As I said, it's a very complex area, DEI, and, and you can learn a lot from what others uh, have been doing. And there's a lot of literature out there. So, so there's a lot you can do. But, um, but the other challenge I, I, or we have actually is to have a broad reach. So as you said before, it's good internally that people know what you are doing with regards to uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, but we, sometimes we have the feeling that we that we are always reaching the same group of people who are interested in the topic. But in order to make this work successful, you really need everybody to be engaged, and you need uh, everybody to be active uh, somehow. Um, and that is more difficult than than what I thought. There's only like in marketing, you need some main messages um, and and you want to get across. But there's so many things you can work on and and getting this this information spread in the organization and create this movement is more difficult than probably what I, I had originally thought. I mean, I think you're 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 doing great things and um whilst it can be difficult at times, I think for everyone, um when you jump into something, you always think it's going to be not as hard as it actually turns out to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's 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 those moments of difficulty where you can really find um, the strength in, and, and some great learning points. What advice would you give to organisations who are starting out in their journey? Yeah, I think what is really important as an organisation is that you understand what your specific issues are when it comes to uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that might be different from one company for another. So for example, when I started in this role, we had an objective that we wanted all the new jobs to be filled by 50% male and 50% female candidates. But looking at the data, it turns out that only 25% of all our applications for, for senior roles were coming from females. So that makes it super difficult to get to a 50-50% uh, candidate list in the end. Um, so we knew that we had to do more in terms of advertising what we do as, as, as PMI uh, with regards to, to gender equality. And in other companies, it might be actually the fact that more women are leaving. So it's less about, you know, you're hiring, you don't have less an issue when hiring women, but you have more an issue when uh, with 
people with women leaving the company over proportionally. So you clearly have to understand your number to shape numbers to shape your your strategy. And I think one element which is super important is that you need to find a link between the the business strategy, the business purpose, and and your DNI strategy. And you need this to create a, a meaningful buy-in from your senior leaders, but also from your uh, employees and, and to make your whole strategy sustainable. And again, that will be individual from, from one company to another, but it's really specific. There is, uh, is, not, there is no this one size fits all when it comes to DNI strategies and, and interventions. Uh, it clearly need to be based on where your issues are. Yeah, that, that, that's great advice, Silga. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. What are you currently working on at the moment that you're you're most excited about? Uh, we, we are actually, we have published uh, um, a study uh, where IMD Business School in Lausanne did the research for us, which was called Inclusive or is called Inclusive Futures, and it's published on, on, on our website. Um, and the purpose was, um, I'm a big believer in what gets measured gets done. And it's easy to measure diversity. So like how, what's the percentage of females you have, but it's really difficult to measure what, uh, how inclusive your culture is. And going forward, actually, I would like to have you know, how a measurement for inclusion as part of people managers objectives, because that helps all underrepresented groups. So it puts a little bit the focus away from, from only female diversity to inclusive culture for every, everybody. Um, and when I started the role, I saw that there was no uh, no gold standard in how to measure inclusion. Every company does somehow measure inclusion, but it wasn't super validated and it was different everywhere. Um, and so we asked IMD to do this research for us where they first defined what inclusion means um, and, and then also to look at how can we measure inclusion. And actually what happened was that um, the, the IMD research shows that there are very different elements of, of inclusion. It starts with something which is more personal, like uh, uniqueness, authenticity. It has the more organizational elements of, of fairness and participation. And then you have psychological safety kind of as a linchpin uh, in the middle, uh, but as a base to, to get uh, the, the more individual and the organizational elements to work together. So it's not going to be easy. If you want to measure all these different components, you will have a long questionnaire, which none of us, let's face it, ever wants to answer. No, I so, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh goodness, how do you pose those questions to people? <laughs> exactly. So it's like, there's no way. We started this year uh, and we are currently looking at the results. So we started, there is a validated uh, questionnaire out there from Amy Edmondson on psychological safety. So we started by measuring uh, uh, psychological safety and we are currently experimenting with something which is called inclusion net promoter score. I'm not sure whether you're aware of this concept of net promoter score. So the question is you ask people is um, uh, how likely would you recommend PMI as an inclusive employer 
to your friends and colleagues of underrepresented groups. And this is kind of, is not, it will not give you any causality, but it will give you the sentiment of inclusion. And we've yeah. tested this with the first one, uh, 1,500 employees at PMI, and we are currently looking at the results. And we are hopeful that going forward, we can use this one number, which is one question, one number, uh, to to measure this 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 feeling people have about how inclusive PMI is as an employer, and use this as as targets going forward. And so that is something which I find super exciting uh, uh, because. Um, I feel also that there is a lot of buy-in, both from employees and from senior leaders, uh, to have this kind of measure going forward and make sure, you know, it would give us a lot of opportunities to measure when we have an intervention in, in DEI. So if we do whatever training and you can measure this before and after, and you can see whether this training is actually not only liked, by, by employees, but whether it actually moves the needle. And, and so I'm really excited about this and, and really looking forward to get the final results. Yeah, no, that sounds really interesting, that question. I think it's, 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 it's a different way to, and a different approach to, to pose such a broad, um, yeah. broad area. Um, but I think the way in which that that particular question is posed and, and the answer that the, the person will give will hopefully, um, and it sounds as though that it potentially will be able to give you a bit more of a gauge on, on where people yeah. sit. Yeah, 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 um, absolutely. There, there is a question which comes next to it, usually with all these net promoter score questions, is like where you say, what is what could we do as a company in order to improve that score? So you have an open-ended question behind which then will give you a direction on where the biggest issues are. Yeah. Oh, I think that that's great. That it's got a sub question because at least then you're able to get a sense of of what your current employees feel that you guys feel that yeah. you need to do. Yeah. Um, which is just as important to get the involvement. I think uh, to get the involvement of of yeah. your workforce, um, because they're the ones that are going to 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 be living through any changes that you yeah. make. Um, it, it's it's got a part of it is going to have to come from from them. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that sounds really exciting. I'm excited for you. <laughs> I'm intrigued <laughs> to see how, how that turns out. Um, what do you think uh, leaders need to talk more about when it comes to DE and I? I think talking about is always one element because I think it's many leaders these days talk about DEI. Uh, uh, but I think it's always important that also actions follow. So it's like uh, uh, is th that, that it's not only lip service, as, as we know. Everybody feels like, you know, these days you have to talk about DEI, but it's really important that, that you do something about it. Yeah. Um, I think in this whole, in, in currently our, for us this year, our top priority is creating this atmosphere of psychological safety. And, and in this whole context, I think one of the things leaders should talk more about is talking more about their own failures and their own vulnerabilities, uh, because this clearly helps people to understand that failures and mistakes are part of the journey, especially when you want to drive innovation. You know, nothing is perfect from the beginning. It, it's always, you know, it's a, it's a trial and error. Um, and talking about what went wrong 
so that others can learn from this uh, is super important. And when leaders start talking about their own mistakes and failures um, and, and make themselves more vulnerable, um, I think that is, is, is something which goes a long way um, and has a lot of impact on, on uh, employees. And the same is true is like one of our top areas this year is also uh, mental, psychological well-being um, and, and mental health. And the same is true in this area is like when leaders start talking about, you know, where they struggled with their own mental health, uh, this has a big impact and allows employees, gives employees the freedom to talk about it as well. And we know once you feel you can talk about it, actually that is the first step to, to ask for support and create more boundaries and actually drive your psychological health and well-being going forward. Mm. I mean, it's the same saying, actions speak louder than words. That's something that, that my mum taught me from, from a very young age. Um, but in, I think when it comes to expressing vulnerability, there is a little bit of a drawback. That's not something that people naturally um, are comfortable with doing. What would you say is, is, is a way to, 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 to get people to be more comfortable that's where leaders play an important role. So when leaders start doing this, um, I think that, that is very important. Um, at the same time, there are also fun ways you can doing it. You can do it. It's like I can't use the language, but we had these kind of uh, uh, Zoom meetings, team meetings, where we had everybody was talking about their biggest f ups. So is is like you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and making it more more fun and accessible. And, and, and it was like, you know, everybody was able to participate. And that removes a, bit, a little bit this barrier talking about uh, failures and showing more your own vulnerability. So there are various ways uh, you can do this, but uh, leaders play a very crucial role there. The leaders from the top down that that's where I think um change is going to be able to you're going to be able to make the most change and um if you can see that someone senior is is able to be vulnerable then oh. and yeah it will definitely I think it, it can only open the door for for others to do the same yes. and follow suit so there's there's still a lot more to be done which you, you've you've said through throughout the the accomplishments that PMI have have had so far, but um, it is a, it's a running thread that you there is still more work for for, for you guys that you want to do in this space. Um, but how are you finding the balance between all of this work <laughs> and your life? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure whether I'm a big believer into work life balance, and I know you are a mother yourself. Usually, when when young women ask me what's about work life balance as a young mother, I'm I'm saying I think work life balance as a young mother is a myth. I I, I I'm not sure how you can. I I definitely didn't manage. I think uh, an advice I have, which I didn't follow all through my life for sure, is like I think it's super helpful if you define boundaries. So if you for yourself say you know, how, how far am I willing to go and where is my, does my family or my personal life has a priority? Where's the threshold where I say I don't go any further? And I haven't done this. And so I, I 
I uh, did many mistakes, but I think that's that's really something you have to do. Um, and other than this, is is in this whole area again of of mental well-being, it's super clear that you need to find time to recharge yourself. It's like none of us works on endless batteries. Um, and and everybody has different ways of recharging themselves. And for the, some people, it might be sports. I, for myself, I, I do regular, I, I meditate regularly and, and it's really important for me. It's like, I, I know, you know, I'm, I'm much better as a, as a person with a family and, and with my team and with the rest of the organization, less impatient and, and more tolerant to non-believers in DNI uh, when, when I meditate uh, regu regularly. That was really super, super, is super helpful for me, but it, again, it doesn't work for, for everybody. So I think everybody, you need to find something which is truly for yourself and, and, and which helps to you to get oxygen again, uh, because only when you are energized, you can, you can be, the person you want to be and and help others I totally agree I mean as you said I, I we're both mothers so for me yeah I think at, fortunately um my mum was very much of uh, she needed to do work-life balance because she was a single parent she had two kids so for her there was a lot of um a lot of crossover because her work was quite demanding she was working for a small business um as as an executive assistant um and so she set quite a lot of clear when I was growing up I remember she had very clear boundaries with mm. with her work she would be home at a specific time every day um without fail she wouldn't speak with her her boss unless he like he'd try and message her and she just wouldn't it wouldn't go past that's family time after six o'clock it's family time um and so for me I knew that that's something that I definitely wanted to to try to implement with coming into motherhood with when I had Robin was to make sure that I had a, a time that I could yeah. take away but fortunately enough I was in a role I was working with an organization that allowed me that flexibility uh -huh. uh, where I didn't feel like I was losing out on any particular opportunities because I left work at four uh -huh. o'clock um which I think for for a number of organizations at the moment there is still a lot more work to be done on yes. allowing people to to really feel comfortable with putting in the hours that they're contracted to do and it being okay to just do that yeah. um so I, I I totally agree with, with with what you said there with the boundaries came across I think one of the what, what we see currently Again, that women in this uh, in, in the COVID and even the after COVID phase, that women are suffering much more when it comes again to health and well-being, uh, because unfortunately, you know, in our society, it's still women who carry most of the burden. Um, and and I came across the other day a book which was re recommended by Angela Duckworth, and and it's the the No Club, and it says uh, putting an end to 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 women's debt and work. And I think that is really also something super important that we see that, that in these phases of, of Corona crisis, for example, is like it was women taking more of the burden. So when colleagues were suffering, there is a tendency to ask 
more women for support and for for help and and so women were were uh, much more suffering than than their male colleagues and i think that's also very important like your mother is like having these clear boundaries and having you know clear to be very clear when do i have to say no i love to help but i need you know time for myself to be able to help others it's like you know it's never going to work if you work 24 hours for for work and families i mean it's like that when they say that when um you've got to help yourself before you can help anybody yes. else yes right yes, yes. So Absolutely. yeah, totally agree. Um, well, Suka, I mean, I could talk to you for longer. Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I just can't, can't thank you enough for joining us. For, for people out there, if they want to connect with you, how can they connect with you? Easiest is on on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn and uh, always happy to help and and answer any questions. Oh, that's great. I mean, you've given us so much to think about um today in today's episode, and so much advice also as well. So um, I think everyone's going to be really really lovely and want to connect with you um so i apologize if you get flooded with messages <laughs> <laughs> i might not answer them immediately, yeah. but <laughs> i know what you mean you do what you can don't you yeah. um but yeah once again thank you so much and um i You're really welcome. look forward to to more great things for, for pmi and for yourself thank you thank you so much and thanks so much for having me it was a pleasure mm-hmm.